Hello, everybody. Back again. Tag team back again. You know that song, Joe? No, I do not. <laughs> it's uh, this commercial, the, the tag team right now. They, I think they did that song. But anywho, we're back. Uh, Charge Buffalo Podcast. I almost said Sabres Podcast. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, things are horrible. Things are god-awful right now. That's putting it nicely. Uh, <laughs> just absolutely miserable. There's nothing positive going on. The Sabres suck. And we are here to talk about it, wherever that may take us. But, uh, Joe, anything to build on that? Because how would you describe it? I've, I've been looking forward to this for like two weeks. Our mm-hmm. schedules haven't been lining up. We're both busy. We got life, final semester of college. Yeah. We're, life is hitting us. The Sabres are hitting us. But you know what? Mm-hmm. We're here. There's a lot. There's a ton of stuff to talk about. I've, I'm very excited. I was just insanely busy this past week, so mm-hmm. I could barely watch the games because uh, stuff just kept popping up. And like I, I was thinking, like, man, if I stay this angry, maybe I'll write a blog post for the website. But I mean, now that we're here, we're on the show. It's just, you know, yeah. I'd rather play Call of Duty right now and record <laughs> this, or I mean, you know, I'd rather play Call of Duty than write. And plus, we have this outlet where we can talk. So that's always good. <laughs> so why not transfer what would have been a blog post to audio, right? Yeah. At Absolutely. this point, I'm numb. Like mm-hmm. if you, if you follow me on Twitter every day, I've been tweeting, it's a great day to fire Ralph Kruger, yada, yada, yada. It is. Every day is a good day to fire Ralph Kruger. I've been saying this for over a year now. I like to think of myself as a fire Ralph Kruger pioneer, if you will. But like, who cares at this point, you know, like they're going to finish in last place. They're probably going to finish in last place, whether they bring in a new coach or not. This team's got major flaws. They have flaws behind the bench. They have flaws on all over their roster. And it sucks to say, but that's just the truth. Uh, and, this, yeah, they're, they're going to be worse than the Kraken next year. I'm confident in that. I do think this team is a long way from getting out of the cellar just because of just an an impossible amount of factors that exist, problems that exist within this team. Uh, How about, did you hear the news that they don't even have a scouting department pretty much? Well, yeah, I mean, that's, it makes sense because like you're not sending guys out there anyways right now. So you can just have one guy, one or two guys watch everywhere if you're just doing video scouting. But yeah, like, come on, there's really no excuse for that. I just want to know how many other teams don't have a Finnish scout, don't have a Russian scout. Cause I mean, I know the times have changed and it's still the pandemic era, though hopefully it's coming to an end. Uh, but I mean, still, you, you have less people doing more work. Exactly. And if if you look around the league, not everyone's like that. I'm sure the best teams have full-fledged scouting departments. Uh, and if you're not willing to put the money into that department, right, then why are you owning a professional sports team? He said the day he walked in here, there's no salary cap on scouting. Mm-hmm. Almost word for word. Do, do you remember 10 years ago? He said there's no salary cap. 
Yeah, though a lot has happened between Scouting now departments. and then. Yeah, I get it. It's a pandemic, whatever. The guy's a billionaire. I said this, I tweeted this. I don't know if you saw it. But Pagula is worth $5 billion. Pagula is Terry and Kim. They're worth $5 billion. Like, yeah, maybe it's not like hard, cold cash, here you go, that he has access to right now. But mm-hmm. say he dedicated his whole life to hiring and firing Ralph Kruger over and over and over again until he ran out of money. I believe it was he could do it 1,200 <laughs> times. There's no excuse. Three yeah. million, three four million dollars to fire Ralph Kruger is pocket change for a billionaire, mm-hmm. Liter- quite literal pocket change. Mm-hmm. And let's say, okay, he has a billion dollars to his name, like not just assets, like cash. Cash. Yeah. Okay, he could fire Ralph Kruger four hundred times and over and over again. Like, there's no excuse not to build a good front office, build a good scouting staff, a complete scouting staff. Hey, give Kevin Adams an assistant GM that he can lean on and a senior advisor even just for a season. I know Elliot Friedman kicked that idea around Jim Rutherford, but that's probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's just, what are they doing? What are they no, doing? It, it, it's, it's really hit me that this team is not, nothing's going to change until there's new owners. Well, <laughs> Even, okay, hypothetical, they just say, okay, we're going to leave Kevin Adams alone and let him do his thing. Mm-hmm. Like, the guy's clearly a puppet. He spoke two weeks ago right. and was like, yeah, I have full autonomy over this roster, over hockey decisions. And then he's like, yeah, but I also consult Terry and Kim. Yeah. Which, that's a big red flag because he's like, okay, I'm disappointed. This is unacceptable. And then what happened after that? They lost, like, five more games. Clearly, it is acceptable because they're not making a move, and we're going to get into the co- the coach search in a little bit. But the only sports owners who should ever be involved with the the, the personnel decisions on their team are the Crafts, uh, George Steinbrenner when he was still alive, and probably the Lakers owner uh, Jerry Buss. Those are like the only owners that should actually have a hands-on thing. Cause like Jerry Jones has had a hands-on with the Cowboys and they've done, you know, nothing yeah. since the mid nineties, but like, and I don't know what makes the think they could just come in here. Uh, no sports background before um, buying the Sabres and think they could steer the ship. I was listening to NHL network on Sirius XM on over the week, Friday, it was Friday. And one of the shows there was, it's, it's a round table discussion. And, they, they, and one of them said this. I forget who uh, it was, uh, and I forget who was on the show too. But one of them said that the Pagulas are the de facto GM, right? I mean, if they, if if every decision has to go through them, uh, then they're the GM. They need, they're they're who's make they're who are making the decisions. They need to swallow their pride mm-hmm. and hire a president. Not Kim Pagula. They need to hire a president of Hockey Ops. Someone that has been around that Adams can work with to build a team here because they have one year, as far as I'm concerned, to convince Jack Eichel that it's worthwhile to stay here because, man, oh, man. I've been saying this for months, going back into the summertime. We have not scratched the surface of the pain and suffering that could be coming. 
Mm-hmm. It's not even close. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's no light at the end of the tunnel here, and it's, there's zero. Like I don't know. The, the, like, I mean, listen, I'm, the team I'm, may as well fold. Okay, like they're they're hopeless. Yeah, they, they're, they're they're a non-entity right now. They're not relevant. They won't be relevant for years, and they're they're pathetic. They're a skeleton of a pro <laughs> hockey team. They don't belong in the league right now. They're they're not a they're not an NHL caliber team. I tweeted this. I don't know if you saw this, but I don't think this team could beat the Latvian national team. They are they we, the Latvians yeah, would at least give them a heck of a time. Would they beat the tank team? If you put the, the Ted Nolan's tank team up against this Sabres squad, who would I win? I don't think so. Yeah. Like, it would probably go to a shootout. Yeah, if they won, it would be in a shootout because that's the only way they could win. But Joe, like, I am just – I am so done. I, 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 I have no desire. This team has killed my desire to watch hockey, okay? I have the NHL TV package. I, I don't – like – Maybe it's because I've started watching other stuff other than, you know, hockey and uh, like in my free time, I started doing other stuff. But I think the primary thing is that if the Sabres were good, I'd, I'd be watching more hockey right now. But instead, I'm wasting 25 bucks a month because I, I don't want to watch any more hockey. It makes me miserable. It makes me miserable seeing other fan bases have success and other players do good. Well, we have to watch this horrible hockey team, and we're stuck with them uh, for. I mean, like you said, there's no there's no end in sight. So look at Ottawa. Who knows? Yeah, look at Ottawa. They're having fun. Yeah, they like they're not a good team, but they at least have promise. Mm-hmm. Like they could get out of this in a year or two. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just it mind boggling because I don't understand how they fix this. I don't get how. But it starts with either the Pagulas sell the team or they stop being involved in hockey operation decisions. It begins and ends the Pagulas. They have to get their their heads out of the mud here. They have to step aside. Because it's pretty much all but confirmed. Pagula wanted Eakin in here. Pagula wanted Gergensen's back. Although Gergensen's has been a non-factor this season because of his injury. But if he was still here, that's big on the cap. Mm-hmm. He wanted Skinner on a long-term deal. Botterill wanted him on a shorter-term deal. Like decisions like this, this sets your team back. Like you're in a salary cap league, and you need—I, it's fun to say, oh, you gotta save money, but like Cody Eakins here for another year for two million dollars. He's gonna be scratched tonight. The Sabres face the Capitals tonight. You're probably listening at, to this after that game. Uh, Newsflash: They probably lost and. It's not that hard to yeah. tell that this team. Let's is... go in. Uh, they're on. They're on an eleven-game winning streak, right? Or losing yeah. right now. Let's say. Let's say that. Yeah, most likely. Like yes. that's another thing. Like, do you ever go into a game thinking that they're going to win? Never. No. We would go into the tank team game. You remember me during the tank season? Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. every day we were thinking they were going to win. I know. <laughs> Every single uh, game. Yeah. yeah, now now there's no confidence they're they're going to win. And now they don't have Jack Eichel for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Dylan Cousins probably has a concussion. Linus Allmark is probably going to be out for like another month. Jake McCabe's gone the rest of the season. And there's a head coach who, who says uh, specialty teams. Specialty teams. And is still finding moral victories and saying that the defense gave an A, an a effort. <laughs> 
What does that mean? That, let me tell you, that Pittsburgh game, the last Pittsburgh game, was one of the most boring hockey games right. I've ever watched in my life. It, it's just, fan who has experienced this whole ten-year playoff drought. They can't Man. score. They can't put passes on each other's tape, on their sticks. They can't do anything right. Ristolainen still can't keep the puck in the zone on the power play. It's brutal. It is the worst hockey team I've ever seen. And they shouldn't be that bad. This no. is the thing. Like, they're getting the same results as the tank team. And I don't think anyone on that tank team would crack this roster. In, 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 in a you league know? with as much parity as the NHL, how is it possible that in the last 10 years – the Sabres have not made the playoffs. It's How impossible. is it, it like that, there couldn't be even a couple of teams worse than I. Yeah, that's another thing too. How do they consistently finish in the bottom of the league? There's not a couple other teams that could just be worse than these guys have been in the last ten years. It it really makes zero sense. I Plus, don't I don't understand how it's possible. I just got to say this: Why did they fire Tim Murray? right when like everything he was doing was just picking up. Why did they let him finish the job? This is just a side rant because I'm pissed off of how many GMs they've gone through. But like you, you think about that, they let Tim Murray build the team up, right? They gave him the job of rebuilding it. Then they fired him two years into when they're supposed to be competing for a playoff spot. Like what sense does that make? It really makes no, it didn't make much sense at the time. And then we got to see, oh, the Leonard trade, this trade, this signing. Like, yeah, he made some mistakes, but we haven't even come, came anywhere close to where that team has been. Well, I you mean, know? even the like, Senators they had, have. They got what, 81 points in Eichel's rookie year, and then they regressed to 78. 78. And then I think they got like 60. Boy, would we kill year. for 78 points for the last four or five oh years? Oh my God. I know. That, they, they can't even get to 80. They, they, they showed, okay, we have a standard. We have a standard. This wasn't good enough. We want more. And then what happens? They bring in Botterill mm-hmm. and Bill Housley, and they're the worst team in the league. Mm-hmm. By far, they were terrible that, that the Dahlin year. And then what? Okay, they go on a 10-game winning streak, and then they collapse. And then what can you do? You can fire your coach and say, okay, this isn't good enough. Let's show that we have some dignity and a standard and try and rebound. But then they wait, they, and they wait, and they wait, and they wait, and they wait. And then they're in the bottom of the league again. And then what? Same thing happens the next year, but a different coach. Same story. I would have fired Ralph Kruger last year. I I would have fired him as soon as Bruce Boudreaux became available when Minnesota fired him. And they waited, and they waited, and they waited, and they missed a 24-team playoff. And now look what's happening this year. You have a 56-game season, no better opportunity to make the playoffs than this season. And they bring in Cody Eakin, they bring in a bunch of plumbers for Ralph Kruger. That's another thing. Let Kevin Adams do his thing. I don't want the coach mm-hmm. making these moves. Hall mm-hmm. was Kruger's guy. Reader was Kruger's guy. Uh, Davidson was Kruger's guy. These are all Ralph Kruger guys. What In what world did Kevin Adams do anything in this offseason besides listen to Terry Pagula and Ralph Kruger? 
Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah. Let the GM be the GM. At this point, Terry Pagula should just name himself a general manager, like you said earlier. Like, mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah. Every, it's mind-boggling. Every... Have a standard. Ralph Kruger should have been fired 15, 20 games ago. Mm-hmm. Actually, he should have been fired when Botterill was fired. Let Kruger pick his own coach. Not Kruger. Adams pick his own coach. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. Well, we're too afraid to waste money, and it sounds like they're probably going to fire Kruger once Nate Lehman becomes available. Because at this point, it makes zero sense. Who is the Providence head coach, right? Yeah, he yeah. won the national championship. Uh, Eichel's draft year, if you remember, BU went to the national championship. Providence won. Lehman was the coach. He's still the coach to this day. I think he might have been a part of the the Union college team when they won the national championship he might have been an assistant coach I'm not sure i haven't done my homework on this and i think he won he might have been the coach for usa when they won a gold medal at the world juniors too a couple years back oh great okay so just what this team needs another rookie head coach yeah and that's another thing like yeah maybe nate lehman will be good he might be good okay but at this point you need to add credibility to your organization the Buffalo Sabres are the laughing stock of not just the NHL, but professional sports. They're probably the worst run team over the past 10 years mm-hmm. in the four major sports leagues in North America. They're up there. If mm-hmm. they're not the worst, they're bottom five, without a doubt. You need to add credibility. And when a guy like Bruce Boudreaux is leaking to Elliot Friedman that he wants to be the coach of the Sabres – you make Bruce Boudreaux the coach of the Sabres. He has a proven track record of success in the NHL. And more importantly, his teams are good. They're always good besides towards the tail end in Minnesota. They score goals and they're fun to watch for the most part. And that's what the Buffalo Sabres have needed. This is, that's the kind of style. I mean, maybe it's not the style that Terry Pagula wants because this is, like the, they bring in the Dan Bilesmas of the world, mm-hmm. Phil Housley and Ralph Kruger, who are defense first. They need to adapt with the times and play a high octane, high event offensive style of hockey because this is, I can't watch this anymore. I cannot no. watch this low event style anymore. Watching guys like Rasmus Dahlin be ruined because you want defense first. And mm-hmm. I don't, I, Jacob Bryson is high event player too he's skating all up the ice maybe Darlene I don't know I I'm very confused about Rasmus Darlene right now because at first I was thinking oh maybe Kruger's telling Darlene not to do this but look at Jacob Bryson he's flying all up and down the ice so I don't know it's just have a standard go get Bruce Boudreaux if he wants to be here you make it happen well, I'll tell you what, uh, all those fans that were saying Miro Heiskanen is better than Darlene a year ago <laughs> are making Sabres fans eat it right now, right? Mm-hmm. Jeez, that was a yeah. legit debate. If well, there's one positive about this setback from Darlene and Yoki Haru is they're not going to be making much money in this off season on their next contract. So maybe they can make a big splash and 
add another player or two with the money that they are saving on those long-term deals we thought they'd be shelling out a year ago. Yeah. Well, no. Uh, and that, the only reason I continue to watch really is because we, we do this show. Mm-hmm. Right. And <laughs> I, I, I need to know what I'm talking about for this, but uh yeah, I only watch this team because I have a responsibility. <laughs> that that's seriously it. I I, I I couldn't stand it. I'd I'd love to sit there and, and watch the Leafs play uh at seven o'clock, you know, but I'd mm-hmm. sit here and be miserable. Uh but how embarrassing. Could you can can you believe I mean, all things considered one of the most successful franchises in league history that has not won a cup and it it's come down to this now. Yeah. And a lot of people might not know because like our fan base here, not our fan base, but the listeners of this podcast, they're probably a little younger. The Sabres made the playoffs a lot. Like before a this lot. 10 year stretch, they, I want to say they made the playoffs like 75% of the time. I don't think they had a playoff drought longer than three years. Yeah. I was just going to pull something up. It's incredible uh, what but... they've come to under this ownership. Mm-hmm. But I want to go back to Nate Lehman for a second. He might be good. I don't want people like I'm, I think he's going to be the coach. I, I, if they wanted Bruce Boudreaux, he would be the coach right now mm-hmm. or they would have announced something or word <laughs> would be out that it's going to happen. He's just quarantining at the same time though. You can't blame people for not having high expectations. Oh yeah. It's another guy who we have no idea who he is. It's a first time coach. College coaches have not transitioned well to the NHL. You look at Dave Haxtell, Jim Montgomery, David Quinn, like all very good college coaches did not translate well to the NHL. Mm-hmm. So, did Herb Brooks ever coach in the uh, <laughs> NHL? Mm-hmm. I think he did. He probably did. Yeah, I'm not sure, but <laughs> yeah, Lehman might be good. And if Lehman comes in here and plays the exact opposite style that Ralph Kruger is preaching for the past two years, then good. If Nate Lehman comes in here and wins, we're gonna forget about Bruce Boudreau. Okay, because. As far as I'm concerned, like I said at the top of the episode here, whoever they bring in, they're probably not going to win. Like Bruce Boudreaux isn't going to come in here and they're going to rifle off 20 wins out of 25 games like Ottawa with a Hamburglar. That's not happening. They're going to probably be just as bad. And let's not kid ourselves. Same thing if Lehman comes in here. They're going to be just as bad. This team has major flaws from from ownership all the way to Rochester <laughs> up and down the organization. Nothing's going to change just because they fire the coach. You could bring in a better coach because this guy's a doof that's on behind the bench right now. Well, yeah, Ralph Kruger might be one of the most aloof, incompetent fools to have ever coached in the NHL. I don't know how he got the job. He's clueless. Yeah. He's clueless. He just, he, like, he, he says a lot, but doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. I said, he, he the talks other day, a lot. He says nothing in two minutes. No, you don't get anything out lot. of his interviews. He says words. 
if there's anyone who needs to take accountability, it's him. And he preaches this accountability crap. And that's all it is. It's crap. It's nothing. He's here. Oh. He's posting along. <laughs> he knows he's on a time limit. He's on borrowed time. He's he's done. And I mean, if, if you knew that, would you have any motivation to put any effort into your job? And how about oh, the assistants? Not. If I knew I was getting fired in a couple weeks, I wouldn't be. How about the, the assistants? assistants got to go too. Why is Steve Smith? What does Steve Smith do? <laughs> I think he, does he do a penalty kill? I'm not sure. But Steve Smith, every team he's been on behind the bench for, they've missed the playoffs. Like there's got to be some correlation there. And, you know, I, I really don't get, you know, if Steve Smith's role is a penalty kill coach, pardon me if I sound ignorant. Okay, but how hard is it to coach a penalty kill? How sure hard is it to tell a guy any guy to do that? You know, block the passing lane, block a shot, clear the puck. How hard can that be? What uh, you know, is it worth saving Steve Smith because the Sabers might have a good penalty kill? They don't really. They don't give up a lot of penalties. They don't take a lot of penalties. I mean, I, the team is in ruin. It, it's. It's like it's like a failing business that is eighty million dollars in debt, and it's just you know that the CEO is is crooked and misuses money, and the employees are disgruntled. Early That's what the team has become. Sabres. Oh my god, they were Regis. in better shape. They were in better shape when they were owned by the league. I was just gonna say that. Yeah, think. The Arizona Coyotes had a god-awful – this is what I was going to look up. I was going to look up how the Coyotes – are, where they actually are in the standings, right? They had a, a horrible offseason. It looked like the world was coming down around them. The Athletic publishes a piece about how brutal their organization is, how awful their owner is. Uh, Taylor Hall uh, uh, leaves, right? It looks hopeless. They're, 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 their only pick in the draft last year is a racist scumbag. And look, they're in better shape than the Sabres right now. How is that possible? They're they're a joke. They're the they, they, they on the surface they're the model of like what a sport uh, what makes a horrible pro sports franchise, and they are leagues ahead of where the Sabers are. They're so far ahead of where the Sabers are. Yeah, they're actually competitive <laughs> despite all of those problems. They're a competitive hockey team. They might make the playoffs, aren't they? Yeah. within striking distance. I didn't get to um, bring that up, but c- yeah, because. The Central is a division that's not close. I was thinking they yeah. were in that, but they're not. Uh, but just yeah, they are. They're five points out of the playoffs, so they're absolutely within striking distance. With still fifty percent of the season to go, that team is in a better spot than the Sabers. Can you believe that? No, I can't even put that into words. How frustrating that is. <laughs> just See, like let's be real, seriously. Seattle's in a better spot than the Sabers. Yes, and. Think if okay, if if you were to talk to a non hockey fan who was curious about how bad the Sabres are, okay, and like, well, how where are you at as a Sabres fan? And if if you told them first about this other team in the league, the Arizona Coyotes, who has all these problems, and then you said, still, I'd rather be a Coyotes fan, that person would think you're a lunatic. It would be so hard to process. Like, how can a team be this bad? It, okay, if if the NHL was like the Premier League and it had relegation systems, we'd be in the fourth tier. The Sabres <laughs> would be in, you know, below the, the 
they'd be in the bottom league by now. They'd be below the. They'd probably win a couple AHL. They'd probably finish towards the top of the AHL. I would hope. You know, come on. (laughs) I really don't know. There's been no reason. Like the team has offered no reason for me to believe that that they'd be any more than a five seed in the AHL playoffs. I'm being serious too. And again, I might be losing my mind, but seriously, I haven't seen anything on the TV, Joe, that shows me that they're yeah, capable. They're unlucky. They're unlucky. That's why they're losing. Yeah. It's because yeah. Jack Eichel's a prima donna. But seriously, like, how is Taylor Hall not scoring? How is Jeff Skinner not scoring? How are none of these guys scoring? I don't know. Hall's playing well. He's just not scoring. Skinner's playing well. He's not scoring. Like, some guys are playing okay. It just hurts my head. Like, I bet I'll, I'll go to the Oilers roster and see, like, Alex Shazon has 11 goals. And I'll be like, how? Just how? How do these guys, these random guys around the league have 10 or 11 goals and our supposed top players have two and three or one? It's like... I don't know. It just it's agony. Like, what do we why do we have to suffer through this? It's still going on. <laughs> and it doesn't look like it's gonna end. Like honestly, like uh, the sad truth, and I'm not trying to be I'm not being cynical here or anything. I'm telling you guys the truth. Like, I don't I genuinely don't think this is turning around anytime soon. Like I I, like, I don't either. What what possible change could they do for next season that puts them over the top? Like they've done everything. They've brought in the experienced coach. They've brought in the hot new name. They brought the outside idea. That's just for coaches. They've done basically the same thing with GMs. They've brought in Taylor Hall. They've brought in the veteran second-line center and Eric Stahl. They brought in proven players like Cody Eakin. They brought in some Snarl and Toby Reeder and Riley Shahan. Like, what could they possibly do? And again, like, folks, thank you for listening to me get angry here. I don't mean to scare anybody away. But, no, I mean, everything you're saying is so true. It, it And – Sorry to cut you off, but no, you're fine. Drafting. <laughs> There's no evidence that this team can draft. Like I like JJ Paterka, but I I watched Michigan versus Ohio State yesterday, and the guy at San Jose picked with with the pick they traded down for in our slot. Thomas Bortolo looks like he's going to be a heck of a hockey player, and you gave up a third round pick to move up to get J.J. Paterka when they're probably, at worst, the same level of player. I'd like to know who's running um, other teams' like development camps. Because... <laughs> okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, how much can you gleam from Matt Ellis and Adam Mayer? That's a great question. Apparently a lot because Casey Middlestat looks like a rejuvenated man after working with Matt Ellis. But anyways, uh, uh, yeah. like you had three blue chip prospects on a silver platter for you. You just had to pick one. 
and you pick Jack Quinn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's another thing. Like, they're going to pick in the top three this top three or four this season in a draft where the top 10 is wide open. I don't trust them to make the right move. I know everyone's on the Matt Beniers train right now. I don't trust that they would pick Matt Beniers given the opportunity at all. <laughs> I watched that game. Three great young players on Michigan. Owen Power looks like he's going to be a number one defenseman. He gets a lot of hate, by the way. I really like Owen Power. This is the first time I've watched him in a full game. That guy's a machine. Like, I don't watch a ton of college hockey, but as a freshman, a draft-eligible freshman, he's, like, up there as far as I'm concerned. Like, obviously, the best freshman draft-eligible hockey player I've ever seen is Jack Eichel in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. Owen Power has got to be two or three guys. Oh, wow. A machine. Wow. Wow. Like maybe I just caught him on a really good game, but wow. Mm-hmm. That guy, he, he's big. He <laughs> makes some good passing. His vision's good. He made some really good defensive plays. I wouldn't pick a defenseman first overall. But if Owen Power was on the long term, I would not be disappointed. But like Matt Beniers, this guy's going to be a really good two-way centerman. In the NHL, he had a great game yesterday as well. And Kent Johnson, he played on the wing. I think he can play center too, but that guy's a magician with a puck on his stick as well. I'd love any of those guys. I I don't think I would pick Johnson with a top four pick, but Beniers or uh, Power would be nice. But if the Sabres have a third pick, what makes you think they're going to take Matt Beniers after last season? I think given the opportunity, they would pick Owen Power because I'm sure Terry Pagula is enamored with a big-bodied defenseman that is going to crowd the left side. But I don't trust their drafting. I don't trust anything with this team. They really need some help. Yes, they do. I'm, I'm scrolling through the goal leader list right now just to look at the players who blow all of our guys out of the water. Kevin Fiala has nine goals. What was the other one? Adrian Kempe has eight. Really? Wow. Do you think Taylor Hall is nowhere near that? Jeff Skinner is nowhere near that. Let me go back to the previous page because there was there was more there. Jordan Cairo is eight goals. Yeah, but they had to settle for Tage Thompson and the Ryan O'Reilly trade. Yep. Carter Verhage, ten goals. Frank Vitrano. Also, Carter Verhage is making $1 million this year, and they signed Cody Eakin to a two-year, $2.2 million deal. Frank Vitrano, 10 goals. Joel Eriksson-Eck, 11 goals. Just a couple of random dudes who are scoring more goals than the Sabres' supposed superstars. Jack Eichel's injured. Jack Eichel's injured, might have a broken neck. And that's another thing. Like, Kruger was lying about his injuries. You said, oh, it was a misunderstanding. No. Well, you know, Kruger's a businessman. Businessmen lie. If you're going to lie, just don't say anything. Just say, I don't want to comment. 
I know people are always like, oh, you, you doesn't have to tell the media anything. Mm-hmm. Just don't say anything then. Don't, don't lie. Like, yeah, if you've watched any of the games this year, Eichel has not looked right. We've seen Jack Eichel for, is this year six? Yes. We've seen five years of Jack Eichel before this. This is by far his worst season. And I'm not surprised to hear he was dealing with a broken rib. Could you imagine playing in the NHL with a broken rib? Come on. Like, there's no wonder the guy isn't scoring. Imagine shooting the puck with a broken rib. <laughs> yeah. When I when I was complaining about superstars, I was talking about Taylor Hall and Jeff Skinner. Full disclosure, but wasn't you're not a suburban hockey dad. I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and poop on Jack Eichel. Yeah, like an ankle injury, multiple lower body injuries days after Kruger said there's nothing wrong with him, and now a neck injury. Like, poor guy. Mm. If I'm him, I want to be out the rest of the year. I don't want to. I think the scary thing, the scary thing right now is Jack, come back strong and let's hopefully make the playoffs next year. Right, right. Well, that might be asking for too much. Uh, What if he needs surgery or something like let's just say hypothetically what if he needs to have like a fusion surgery which i doubt i, I like highly we would have heard that by now that's like five percent chance but like seriously how if he had to have a neck surgery can he come back how does it hurt his trade value is he the same player i mean yeah. these are selfish reasons to think about but i mean yeah when you're, talking about the player's future is something they have to yeah. consider thing here is elliot friedman came out and said okay this might be a longer term thing and then the sabers were like ah it's probably nothing then he goes out to get a second opinion and then we're hearing eight weeks right so that's great when your own team doctors are but this it's proven like wrong. this for everything with these the medical updates injury updates for these players like you can't trust anything that comes out about injuries ever seems like the past five years it's been like this it makes zero sense but and obviously best best wishes to jack eichel if there was any hope any sliver of hope for this season it's it's dead with jack eichel out but hopefully he makes a strong recovery and this isn't the end for him in Buffalo. I, I don't think he's played his last game as a Sabre. Darren Dreger said today on TSN radio somewhere that there's a chance he gets moved, but I don't. I think they're like, okay, we're going to give it one more kick at the can. Mm-hmm. They're going to try their best, and hopefully they don't fail and then go from there. But Yeah. No. I There is hope, though. There's this tiny sliver of hope. They just need to make the right decisions. And that's you don't mean for, for this season, right? No, not not for this season. Going forward, like you, you're going to have a top four pick. And I know this draft gets a lot of crap, but there's a couple players who I think could play in the NHL next year. Beneers and Owen Power or who I'm talking about. If well, Power comes in here, like, yeah, drafting a defenseman with a top two pick is not a – great move but you're still getting a really good player mm-hmm. he fills out your defense very well hopefully you're playing in a system where he can get up the ice and help create offense and the same for Rasmus Dahlin 
you're looking at a decor of Darlene, Power, Bryson, Yoki Haru, potentially Ristolainen if he's still here, which they should definitely trade him. Borgen. Like, it's, it's a decent decor. Colin Miller, even if he's still here. Now, years, you got Eichel, Beneers, Cousins, Quinn, if he makes the team. I don't think he will. But, like, you got some pieces to build around. You just got to make the right calls. I know you're saying that all they have to do is make the right decision. I can't think of a single good decision they've made in 10 years, though. They picked Jack Eichel over Dylan Strong. But that was obvious, right? Like, seriously, what good decisions have they made? The Christian Ehrhoff signing was a bust. Well, you know what? We were talking about Pagula meddling and things earlier. I remember, like, it was beyond blue and gold Beyond before beyond blue and gold. One of the Pagula daughters was saying that Terry was watching the the Stanley Cup final. It was the Bruins versus Canucks, and Pagula was like, oh, we got to get that Airhoff guy. And then they give him a, a 10-year contract. Are we still paying for that? Yeah. But just think of all the failures, okay? Christian Ehrhoff, Boss, Vili Leno, Kyle Opozo's contract, Matt Molson. The Jeff Skinner trade was a really good decision. The, Skinner the Jeff Skinner trade contract good, was not. A travesty. Darlene is turning into another mistake. Um, Let's see here. Like you said earlier, Jack Quinn, the book is open on that still. The O'Reilly trade. The second one I'm talking. The second the, one. Yeah. <laughs> the second O'Reilly trade. Uh, they haven't the the Leonard trade, right? Even like Casey Cassian for Hodgson, like that. Yep, that backfired. Signing that Hodgson extension. Paul Gostad for a first round pick turned into Zemgis Gurgensons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There have been some truly horrible decisions made. Every that, good decision turns into a bad one. That's yeah. what I'm just starting to realize. Gostad for a first-round pick turns into Zemgis Gergensen's. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Pominville turns into Nikita Zadorov, Johan Larson, Vaslav Karabachek. You trade Zadorov for O'Reilly along with other pieces. And then you trade O'Reilly for peanuts. You trade Thomas Vanek for a first-round pick, which you turn into Robin Leonard, which you turn into nothing because you think Carter Hutton can do just as good of a job. In the Thomas Vanek trade, too, you get Matt Molson, which then you trade for two second-round picks that are turned into nothing. And then you bring Molson back, and then he's an albatross. And then in the Ryan Miller trade, you get a pretty good haul. And then you get this, this, and that, which turns into nothing. Right. There's like. I can go. I can do this all day. There's probably more we don't (laughs) even know about. There's probably stuff they've turned down, right? There's stuff that's been rumored that almost happened that was was turned down. Like, there's probably more of that stuff, too, that we Uh, as fans. Right. Nick Ehlers. Right. And there's stuff that we'll, we'll, we'll never know that was on the table and could have happened, but they blew it. Yeah. And there's nothing showing that's going to change. It's going to keep happening. And we're going to sit here and be miserable 
Just wait for when they trade Sam Reinhart. Yeah. You know what else is funny? The the Bruins game still isn't sold out. Yes. Couldn't even find what is it? 2000 people? I think it's 1900. I saw a funny tweet. It was from the the girl from the the Kevin Adams Beyond Blue and Gold. Hold on, I'm going to pull it up. I mean, uh, just <laughs> hockey is back in in Buffalo for the first <clears throat> sorry, for the first time since just over a year. Okay, it's at Chloe Woge. Yesterday at this time, there were 509 tickets left for the Sabres game. Right now, there are 501 tickets. That means in a 24-hour span, the Sabres only sold eight tickets. It's hilarious. The season ticket holders didn't even sell it out, and it's still not sold out, and Bruins fans are buying tickets now. How embarrassing is that? They can't sell out 1,900 (laughs) seats. That's how bad that it like. I don't even think I would go for free. Honestly, no, it's a waste of time. Like I'm not going to pay sixty four dollars for a COVID test to wait three days to make sure I don't get COVID, and then go pay money to go to this game and then spend twenty dollars for a beer and popcorn. Yeah, come on, pay for parking, having to walk. (laughs) Not it's, it's surreal. They... <laughs> Seriously, I like. I'm just I'm at a loss for words sometimes. <laughs> it feels like the Bills drought now. There was a time, right around the ten year drought, or it's right around the ten year mark in the Bills drought, two thousand nine, where you thought, "Oh my God, this team." is not going to be good anytime soon. They're not going to be relevant until Ralph Wilson's gone. The, the, like the, the playoffs, just they're not for us. We're not good enough. We're never going to get there. It's impossible to achieve. And I feel that way again with the Sabres. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to reach 17 years. I think like, it'd be with the drafts that are coming up, if they're at the bottom if they win a lottery or two, like, come on, there's no way. But it just seems like they can't develop prospects. Yeah. But the guys get here and everything goes wrong. If if they do decide to tear it down and rebuild, not this offseason, but next offseason, you're going to get a haul for Jack Eichel. Like, yeah, you obviously want to see them keep him. But you already – like, the, the difference between – the inevitable next rebuild and the Darcy Rigier, Tim Murray rebuild is they didn't have anything, mm-hmm. anything at all when they tore down that old core. They have Cousins, who looks like he's going to be a great top six center. They have Rasmus Dahlin, who is salvage. I, th- I do think he is salvageable. He just needs a new coach, and he got his confidence back up. You have Jack Quinn, who could be a pretty good goal scorer in the league someday, and you have some decent prospects in Paterka, Johnson, Samuelson looks okay. Well, you got you got some pieces, and you're going to have a top five pick this year. Mm-hmm. 
you're going to get hypothetical haul for Jack Eichel. You're going to get good pieces for Sam Reinhart. Maybe you trade Taylor Hall at the deadline, get a first round pick. Maybe get a second round pick for Eric Stahl. Like it's not out of the question that they could build something good in a couple years. Obviously, I would prefer that they build that team around Jack Eichel, but I think the way that it's trending, they're going to be miserable next season, and the day that we've been fearing is going to come. Yes, stay tuned before for the, the no move clause kicks in. Stay tuned for the Jack Eichel has been traded episode of the podcast. <laughs> It's inevitable, but <laughs> dropping sometime next year. Yeah, like it's, I. They might be okay, <laughs> like if they trade Eichel and Reinhardt, they might be fine. They might mess up those picks and just be bad for another five years and reset the ticker, you know. But that's that's the reality we live in, where we're. Mm-hmm. It's. It might, you know what? I'm talking myself into the fact that it could be reaching the magnitude of the Bills trout, but that would like, I, be almost doubling the worst the, playoff droughts of all time already. It would be because Buffalo will have the longest playoff drought in NHL history when they inevitably miss this year. So if you make it 17. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're three years after that away from doubling it. Mm-hmm. second place. I mean, second place is Carolina, I want to say. I'm not sure. Yes, and they broke that a few years ago, obviously. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Make make the right decisions. Like You would think it's not that hard, but hire the right people. Stay out of hockey decisions when you're the owner, and let's win. I don't think it's that hard. Like It shouldn't be that hard. It's the NHL. There's... An insane amount of parody. Get a goalie. Go get go trade for John Gibson. What does that take? <laughs> you know? Yeah. What would you well, give up for John Gibson? What's not to if John Gibson okay, if hypothetical, if you add John Gibson somehow, he makes you a much more competitive team. You somehow rid yourself of Kyle Oposo and Cody Eakin. And you trade Ristolainen for pieces. How close are you at that point? Like that's just a few moves. It just depends what you get back for Risto, I'd think. But how many pieces do you get back if you get draft picks and a player? You can trade the picks. You, you can. also get almost six million dollars in cap space. You can sign someone. That's yeah. another thing. But see, everything that this team does scares me. You give them a little money, they're going to misuse it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's like giving a five-year-old $50 for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Like, part of me is like, okay, the Ducks aren't going to trade him, but they're not going anywhere anytime soon, so why why wouldn't you trade him? Yeah. Like, I bet Quinn, Yoki Haru, and something else gets it done. First-round pick? <laughs> I don't know. The top... See, I mean, they're probably going to want one for what people say is the best goalie in the world. Hmm. Quinn, the first round pick in Yoki Haru. You do that for John Gibson. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think I would. I'm tempted because he makes you a much better team. Arguably you know, I don't the best think goalie I can. In hockey. 
I can't ask for much more when I'm a big, you know, bring in guys that can win now kind of guy, and I can't go against that mentality. You know what? Like, I do it. Why not? <laughs> it's a lot to give up for a goalie. It's a lot to give up for a goalie, but <laughs> hmm. I don't. I don't care. No. Win. Just I win. Don't. don't trade your 2022 first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anywho. Trade deadline's coming up. Yep, it is. April 12th, I think. Mm-hmm. Elliot Friedman, I don't know if you listened to the 31 Thoughts podcast today, but he said that it seems like Eric Stahl isn't willing to go to Canada, and the Canadian GMs are weary of bringing in Stahl, mainly because of the two-week quarantine, because Friedman said that the quarantine was tough on Pierre-Luc Dubois in Winnipeg, and imagine how tough the quarantine is going to be for a 37-year-old aging center who has to gear up for the playoffs again. <laughs> yeah. So. And I love uh, the the discussion about how the, the Oilers might be interested in him and people saying, like, oh, he's, he's, he's just what the Oilers need. Yeah, the <laughs> Oilers need a slow 37-year-old center that'll really, uh, you know, who has two goals. That'll really put them over the top. <laughs> it's not much different from Kyle Turris. I I think he's going to end up in Carolina. Oh, back there. Yeah, I know they mentioned it on Insider Trading the other day. I think he goes back to Carolina for like a third-round pick. No one's going to want to pay the price, and they're just going to be like, okay, third-round pick, here you go. I'd be happy for him. Yeah, go win a cup. Go win yeah. another cup. Go win another I'm over the Hurricanes. Hey. Finish your career there. Right, mm-hmm. you start it there, end it there. That'll be a great story. So kind of finish, story win a cup, ending, yeah, exactly. Win a cup with his brother. Imagine the Stall brothers handing the cup to one another. Do you think anyone else is going to get traded? I really don't see a Reinhardt deal getting done. No way. They, Maybe, they would be. I wouldn't put it past them, but they would be moronic to trade Sam Reinhardt. He's a player that is a part of the solution. He's not the problem. Keep him. Simple maybe maybe Montour. I don't think anyone you're not gonna get anything for him. He's making almost four million dollars. Teams are cheap right now. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. Like Stahl, he's making three million. That's not that much. Montour, I don't think you're getting anything for him. I don't think they're gonna want to retain salary on these guys. I think that's how cheap the Stabers are right now. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you can probably maybe get multiple pieces for Taylor Hall if you retain four million of his contract, but even if it's just till the end of the year. Yeah, but do they want to retain salary for the rest of the season for a player that's not on their team? It's like buying draft picks and prospects, but Yeah. But another thing here, if I'm the Sabres, I'm asking for prospects that I like. Mm -hmm. Like my team can't draft for nothing. Why why trade for a draft pick? You know? Right. Yeah, I don't think they're going to trade Taylor all. I think they're going to try and sign him to an extension and go from there. Hopefully, I would I would sign Hall at the right price. Like, we're talking like $6 million, his previous number. Cool. That's fine. Anything over that, I'm walking away. Yeah, I wonder if he might be a situation where you could trade him somewhere. And then sign him back, perhaps. Molson. Right. 
That'd be great. I'd I'd be all in on that. I hope they do trade him though. I don't think he's going to be traded though. I think Stahl is the only player that's gonna go at the deadline. Mm-hmm. McCabe would have been an interesting piece too to go, but he's hurt. All Mark as well, but uh injured. Mm-hmm. What well, I wanna bring up a name. Yeah. Henry Yoki Haru. See, maybe he can, but I mean, I don't know exactly of what value he gives to a team other than like depth for a playoff team. Or a team that thinks they can fix him. Right. And plus, what would you One idea get for him? I have Eric Brandstrom from Ottawa. For Yoki, are you? Mm-hmm. Same draft. Mm-hmm. Two players that are kind of in the doghouse. Yeah. Ottawa could use a right-handed shot. The Sabres could just use more talent. I'd do it. Yeah. And I don't think I mean, Brandstrom is, Brandstrom's not expansion eligible either, which that solves an issue for the Sabres. And Ottawa needs players to protect. Just where I'm at, just just – Cycle anybody in and out that you can. <laughs> Just get some <laughs> fresh faces in here. I liked Yoki Haru last year. I liked him in Chicago, but mm-hmm. I'm worried we're reaching a dangerous point for him as a yeah. as a player. I don't know. I feel like I'm saying I don't know a lot. Like, well, who, I just who, don't who, know. who knows who anything? Knows? Who knows? <laughs> who really knows anything? Yeah. I used all of my energy complaining earlier. The reason I mentioned Yoki Haru's name is because I'm trying to be more aware of the expansion draft coming up. And Will Borgen, you have to protect him. I did a Twitter poll. 70% of the people said they'd protect Borgen over Yoki Haru, and I'm not interested in losing Yoki Haru to Seattle for nothing. Where's Will Borgen been? What happened to him? He's injured. He had surgery. I, oh, I thought so. okay. Yep. He was out day to day, and then he was out for. Yes. Oh, weeks. yeah. Another instance of the meta. Of the... <laughs> but if they go seven three one, I feel like they're in a lose lose situation either way when it comes to the expansion draft. Because you go seven three one, you go Eichel, Brian Hart, Hall. If you get him to an extension, but I'll leave him out for now. Eichel, Reinhardt, Skinner, because he has a no-move clause. Uh, Olafson, that's four. Middlestat, Lazar, I don't know. Um, who else do they have? Thompson. Mm-hmm. No, Lazar makes it seven. Okay. No, six. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Thompson. We'll just say that. And then defenseman, you go Darlene, obviously. They're going to protect Ristolainen because for some reason he's – untouchable here and then you have to make a tough decision between yoki haru and borgen or if you go eight skaters the other option eichel reinhardt skinner olafson and then the four defensemen and then who are you leaving exposed casey middlestat i'm not interested in losing casey middlestat to seattle because he will definitely get picked i'm hoping that seattle takes cody eakin or miller that would be nice. 
do you think we'd uh well no how how much would be on Opozo's deal when he would have two years left on his deal, six million. Do you think they'd give him any kind of draft pick to take Opozo? Mm. I wonder if the NHL's gonna crack down on that stuff. I don't know. I wouldn't want like to if play. I'm Seattle, I don't I don't know. Because where are they at financially? Do they want to take on a lot of money? That's true. Cap isn't going to be what they thought it was coming in. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's that's interesting. Because I think I would give up my 2021 second-round pick if that moves the needle for them. But I don't think that's enough. Mm-hmm. I think you... I think you can also retain salary. You'd be like, okay, I'll retain half of his contract if you take him. I know that was it didn't happen in the last in the oh, Vegas really? expansion draft, but I know that's a rule. I wish they'd publish these things. I, I think it might have <laughs> been Pierre LeBron. He tweeted it out before. It was a big PDF of the uh, expansion rules breakdown. <laughs> yeah, it's. It's going to be tough. I don't want to lose Borgen. I don't want to lose Yokihari for nothing. I don't want to lose Middlestat for nothing. They got to they got to trade Ristolainen. This solves everything. <laughs> or you say, "Hey, take him." Because just give him up, yeah. What would you rather have? Would you rather have a 2023 second round pick or 5.4 million dollars in cap space? Give me the pick, baby. Really? Yeah, I want to Let's get some young blood. I'm kind of contradicting myself anywhere, but I mean, I guess it's reflective of. Uh, I think that that was a bad example. Would you rather have the cap space since Seattle just takes him, or would you rather lose Borgen? Uh, ooh, okay. Well, then, then, uh, well, I'd want to keep Borgen. So I think losing uh, the gaining almost $6 million in cap space, especially now when players are going to come in cheaper in free agency, I think that's a big win. I think if they don't trade risk the line at the deadline, I'd leave him exposed. And I don't, maybe they don't even pick him also. Maybe they go with Eakin or Miller. I'd leave Risto exposed. Well, we know how this team is with Risto. They'll probably protect him because they'll feel they can still get something for him. Oh, I mean, who knows? They probably don't even want to trade him. They probably don't even want to lose him. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just the fourth regime that doesn't want to. Yeah. He's a sacred horse. Yeah. He must be quite the charming man. He has wanted out so many times. There's no way he's going to want to sign a contract extension here. <laughs> do, do we really There's, think. He's just going to walk. That's right. He's going to get to that Is point. Jake McCabe going to want to come back here? I know he had a really good start to the season, but why in the blue hell would Jake McCabe want to resign with Buffalo? I feel like he's a lifer. <laughs> He'll be here as long as they'll keep him around. Yeah. As long as he's welcomed. Well, Allmark. Do you think Allmark wants to stay here? Uh, probably because we're the only team that's willing to make him a starter. <laughs> You're right. Go <laughs> 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 play. Yeah, I mean, there's, I, I wouldn't have expected Gergensen's to come back, and he did. So who knows? But 
Oh, see, he was one of those guys, though, who I thought, oh, well, he'll love he did come here because he's he, he'll play 82 games a year here. Yeah. He won other places. <clears throat> but here he'll he'll play every darn game. Chipping yeah. his, his eight goals. All right. You want to talk about the ESPN deal? Yes. Oh, I'm so I'm so excited for this. I'll be quick. NHL back on ESPN. The theme music is back. I hope you're you're using the ESPN NHL music as the intro. For today. Uh, well, actually, I I I I can. I think you should. It fits the okay. vibe. Okay. Okay. From the, from the World Cup of Hockey, a little uh, updated version. Oh yeah, the, the remastered version. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm sure I'll call an audible and switch it. But I'm I'm so excited. I believe ABC is getting the Stanley Cup three of the seven years of the deal. Also, mm. so. Sharing cool. a network with the NBA, that's big time clout rubbing off. So I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to this. I've been waiting my entire life as a hockey fan. Uh, if I have to speculate, I think the announcers will probably be John Bucciaros will be one. Steve, Steve Levy will probably be another. They need to bring in some better talent, though. Who is Gary um, Thorne? Bring him back. Gary Thorne would be wonderful. It's just, I think he's with the Baltimore Orioles. I think he's their main play-by-play. I think guy. he said he would come back, though. I, th- I thought people were asking him. Well, if, then that's obviously option number one if it's available. But what is uh, what is her name? She does the ESPN Plus hockey show. Oh, I don't know. Uh, but I think she'd be pretty good. Um, well, I wonder if the NBC announcers come over to ESPN too. Mm, I don't see why they wouldn't. They're going to be looking for work. (laughs) But also I heard there's like a second package deal coming along. Like NBC might still be getting games. There's like negotiation. So maybe. Yes. It seems like it's. I heard that there's going to be an issue with like winter classic games because there's college football on January 1st. Mm-hmm. So they're going to need another place to broadcast the outdoor games and games where it's prob- predominantly football and basketball dominated. So like Sunday games, Sunday NHL games, you're going to have it on. Oh, it, ESPN doesn't have a ton of NFL games, right? It's just mainly no, they like the primetime games. So maybe that they, doesn't really matter. They have Monday Night Football and like one playoff game. Yeah, okay. Maybe that's not that big of a deal. But I think the main issue for the league is having the Winter Classic on January 1st and having that contradiction. I'm trying to find the woman that I'm thinking of. She has a show. I know who you're talking about. I just don't remember the name. Darn it. Okay, I can't find it, but no, I think she'll be a good addition to the team too. But um, yeah, We do I, have a few I, questions if you want yes. to get into that. Yes, question. Do you have them brought up? Yeah. Cool. Uh, first one comes from Ben. Does R2 Root Salinen get a call up anytime soon? I think he deserves it based off his performance overseas and in Rochester. I don't th- I don't think so. The only way he gets a call up is if like 
Brian goes down because well, they're I, I mean, bare bones. It took tons of injuries to even get Borgen up here, and he should have been up here two years ago, probably. That's another thing. Yeah. It took a plague and injuries to get Borgen mm-hmm. and Bryson up here. Those guys weren't going to touch the ice this Literally, season. it took a once in a century pandemic to get a prospect <laughs> to play on this team. My Cody goodness. Eakin scratched today. It took that long to scratch Cody Eakin. Rasmus Asplund is just as good, probably better than Cody Eakin, and he's making $2 million less. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, next one comes from Zach O535. When will this team ever be relevant again? We bury our good young players, and the only way we ever find out if they're good is because we have bad luck with injuries that force players like Bryson Borgen into lineup, like we were just talking about. There you go, right on top of them. <laughs> Having a shot without the injuries. Good question. Uh, when will they be relevant again? Great question. But like I said earlier, I don't think they'll be relevant until the Pagulas are out of the picture. Yeah. That's got to be the consensus, the consensus amongst folks right now, right? You need a real I think front they'll, office. Be rele- they'll be very relevant if they win the 2022 draft lottery. I don't think so. <laughs> Shane I, Wright? I, Shane Wright, did, have you seen the Connor Bedard highlights? No. The 2023, 2022 and 2023 drafts are really good. Like, if the Sabres so great. suck and land one of those guys, they, they'll two be more years, Two more years of irrelevance. Yeah. I'll but hang on. I don't want to sound like, oh, tank for these guys or anything, but, like, mm-hmm. two more years of irrelevance could turn into 20 years of relevance, potentially. Okay. Okay. And speaking of the draft lottery, they're changing the draft lottery. I haven't talked about this today. That's right. Um, I believe it's going into effect this season. They're getting rid of the th- the lottery for the third overall pick. So if the Sabres finish in last place, they will pick no worse than third. Nice. That's very good. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, they changed it. So you can't pick in you can't win the lottery more than two times in a five-year period, but that rule isn't coming into effect until next season. So the Sabres could win the next three lotteries. All right. It <laughs> sounds good to me. <laughs> in theory. So, yeah. Exciting. Exciting. That's all we have to look forward to these days. <laughs> yeah. It's pathetic. More, in, more unintentional tanking. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, you got anything else you want to get off your chest before we sign off? No, I, 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 this was good. It was therapeutic. It is. I feel very good. I feel like I got a 10 pound, a hundred pound weight off my chest. Yeah. So, I mean, from the time of this recording, the Sabres playing about an hour and some odd minutes. So maybe they'll snap the schneid. Right. I mean, they won't. I don't, I, <laughs> I concur. <laughs> I'll end it there. You I can just go. There. If you can listen to if you're like, oh, they probably talked about the Capitals game. I don't think we mentioned that at all. Like you, mm-hmm. you could have listened to this and just assumed that it was recorded after. The Sabres yeah. lost five to two. Jakob okay. Vranos. <laughs> Let's do our prediction for the game tonight. <laughs> all right. All right. Which one of us is taking five two and which one's taking three nothing? I'm going to take three nothing. I'll take five two. I think it's going to be a, a real, uh, 
a real rocket buster of a game. I think Ovi uh, is gonna he's gonna pass Esposito. Yep, Ovi passes Esposito because everybody does everything against us. Jakub Vrana is a saber killer. He gets a couple. Vitek Vanacek is playing again too. Vitek Vanacek, <laughs> you know what? You got the three nothing game. You're gonna win. Yeah, Vitek Vanacek, <laughs> he owns us. Why didn't I think you of know, that? Uh, Vitek Vanacek was the Capitals traded up to get him, and he was um, picked with our pick. Really? Yeah, the what Sabres trade? traded down in the 2014 draft. I think it was when they traded down to get Eric Cornell and I think Bryce. Oh and my Martin. god! So they got a third round pick to move down like seven spots, something like that. <laughs> I was thinking cap. about that potential that's a gold real trade. Ad. Yeah, yeah, 2014. <laughs> oh, <ad>. God. <laughs> and they picked Jonas Johansson. Johansson was their goalie that they picked in that same draft. The, it's the misery. They will. They, I, I look forward to this, though. There will be a book written about this Sabres period someday. Maybe there will be a 30 for 30. Uh, yes. Oh, well, maybe because ESPN has NHL now. Mm-hmm. But will the NHL? I want. want I. Mm. When I'm at Target making my rounds, mm-hmm. I I like the other day I was thinking about oh I want Tim Murray on the podcast. Someone, I know people <laughs> are listening. Someone has to know. This is our, our white whale. <laughs> Please, I want to talk to this man. I want to have like a 20, 30 minute conversation with Tim Murray and just talk to him. He sounds like a very interesting just guy. Just about anything. <laughs> I want to know about his racehorses. Yeah, then at the this very end. My life goal. My life goal from here on out is to talk to Tim Murray. My life goal is to have Tim Her- Tim Murray name a racehorse after me. <laughs> or name it Charging Buffalo. <laughs> Maybe we can ask him that someday. I wonder if he has horses named after, like, things from his time yeah. here Does like you he have a horse named matt molson <laughs> a horse named jack robin. jack robin tank <laughs> <laughs> tank commander that's that's please, a horse name please i am begging every one of you if anyone has any contact information to tim murray my dms are open yes yes like um appear appear in the be shadows on podcast someday like he the, will appear on this podcast someday. Like the by informant hook or by crook, it's gonna happen. What's the uh, all the president's men? Is it the informant that they uh, meet that the reporter meets in the parking garage? Yeah, that'll be the guy that delivers you Tim Murray's <laughs> contact info. Deep throat. Deep throat. Yes, he'll meet <laughs> you in the parking lot of Target. Here it is. Tankosaurus Rex three sixty two at gmail dot com. <laughs> All right, I think my voice is starting to hurt, and I have I'm I have hungry. to mentally prepare for this Sabers game. Right. <laughs> All right. If you enjoyed, let us know. We hope we hope it was a fun listen. Um, you can follow the Charging Buffalo on Twitter and Instagram at the Charging Buff, and also we just launched a new Instagram account called future of the 716 you can get some good prospect content there follow that on instagram at future of the 716 
and you can follow us on Twitter as well. Joe TCB NHL LVKE TCB. Enjoy the Capitals game tonight. Uh, if you're going to watch Michigan versus Minnesota, I think it's definitely a better option is if you're looking for a good <laughs> hockey game. I will probably be switching throughout the night to watch Own Power and Matt Beniers. All right. We hope you have a wonderful day. Don't suffer too much out there. They suck. Don't let it affect you in any negative way. Have fun. Watch Matt Beniers. Start start going in draft mode. All right. Absolutely. Hope you enjoyed, and we'll see you in the next one. <laughs>